Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlewy.net for further information. Kevin, we're fresh off the back of another miraculous night for Jose Mourinho. The humble one is turning things around at Spurs already. He's uh, going around, he's apologising to everybody. He's apologising to the Spurs fans because he didn't go over to applaud them after the West Ham win because he didn't want to take the focus off the players. He's apologising to Eric Dyer publicly for taking him off last night because he needed to change tactics. Are you buying this whole uh, friendly Mourinho <laughs> humble one stick that he's got yeah. going? Oh, are you sort of like that? I, I, I've known for the first few months as well. Uh, you know, he looks healthy, he's got a tan, he, he's looking fresh, but give him six months and he'd be looking like the old Jose again. <laughs> like that last few months at Man United, he's looking like he's going to be backwards. Listen, he said it in his thing, he's changed, he has to be happy, I'm more positive, or whatever. He was very open, I suppose, in his interview when he got the job. Um, because obviously, Jose then, he was a top class manager at a number of clubs. He hasn't been in, I suppose, his last two jobs. Um, he failed to deliver, but um, you know if Tottenham, you know, could be a stroke of luck for Tottenham. You know, uh, if if he's back to his best, um, what a what a what a, um, you know what a, an appointment by then. Because if he is back to his best, they wouldn't get him at his best. They wouldn't get him. So, um, I suppose the only chance of them getting him is him underperforming the last few jobs. If he is back to his best, brilliant. Um, you know, during the last sixteen of the Champions League, and um, with him as a manager who is the Champions League and his ability with lesser teams in the Champions League you know he's struggled when he's had the team um, when he's had the better teams he's done it with uh, Inter Milan who weren't fancied um, he basically defended for their life to, to win a Champions League and uh, you know Spurs could be that sort of team as well they've got they've obviously been to the final last year um, you imagine what a story if he gets them, get them to win it this year I'm interested to know from your own experience of like obviously you've been through kind of managerial changes mid-season yourself during your career how quickly they can have an impact or what can they do like if you're just looking at them the last couple of games like Kane has got three goals I think all in the box you know which he probably wasn't doing enough of Deli Ali scores he's more involved in the game he's more like the Deli Ali that I suppose people have been waiting yeah. to see again for the last year and and they're playing a different formation they're playing slightly different they're like you know son was talking about kind of like you know that we're, we're we've been trying to play out now we're lumping the ball how quickly can a manager go like what like is it literally a case of grabbing you and training the first it day is, yeah. and saying here's what we're doing it, it would be and someone with Mourinho as well the players will listen and um, you know like simply like Harry Kane in the box maybe it's as simple as you know, well, Harry can you just stay in the box a bit more for me today I've been watching in the last couple of months and you're, you're just in here and everywhere just getting the box for me um, simple things like that they can't make massive massive uh, style of play changes you know that takes a bit of work but they can do individual things like that you know it's not rocket science it's rocket science you know you watch sometimes you'll watch TV and you'll watch pundits on there drawing lines here there and everywhere and trying to make a team that has to be done this way and that way the other way sometimes the best managers because the players are all coached at that level they're all pretty good it's about getting them Speaking to him the right way is as big a skill as an art as setting them up on a pitch tactically, um, knowing how to deal with players. Mourinho, from what I from what I know, um, when he's at his best, speaking to Damien Duff, loved him at Chelsea, still calls him the boss. You know, so um, he he has seems to have that sort of rapport where he can go into a place like that, speak to like the Harry Kane, couple of words, and that's all he needs. You know, he he doesn't need to go into a training pitch and. With miracles, which he'll do in the summer or whatever when he has more time when they're playing, you know, Champions League, 
Premier League again in two days or three days. It's all about just recovery and recuperation and going again. It's not about getting him on the training pitch, seeing the right things at the right time. Alex Ferguson, speaking to John O'Shea about him, Alex Ferguson, if he was taking a training session, the players would be distraught. He took one every couple of years because he didn't do tactical sessions, he didn't do coaching. He left that to his coaches to do that. It was more about going around and having a quiet word in players' ears, giving him a bit of confidence. Tell them they look fantastic or they're training fantastic. I heard Harry Redknapp um, at QPR and I loved him. He didn't do anything tactically. He left that to his coaches. But he walked around after the training, come up to me a little worried, he goes, geez, Kevin, you were fantastic today. And he just walked off. And that was, you go out there feeling sky high. And some managers just don't have that ability. They're all about, you know, purely tactics and not the, the I suppose, the arm around the shoulder Cuddly feely side to it, or the quick word in your ear. And the very best ones, I think, are a little bit of both. Um, you know, being able to deal with both sides of it. Because, you know, if you, if you have a, a, a team down the lower divisions and the need work and need shape, but if you go into a Spurs, who the players have played all the formations, they know how to play different systems. So he'll be able to tell them and they'll be able to take it on board pretty quickly. Um, you know, they won't need massive work on the training ground that way. They'll need, you know, to be told they're brilliant again. Your Champion League final last year, lads, you've top players, you're third class, go and show me. That sort of thing um, can go a long, long way and the, the best managers know how to do that. The, there's two clubs spring to mind when you mentioned that. Um, Arsenal and Everton, they're both very similar cases where they both have gone through a litany of managers in recent seasons and yeah. it works for a while and then all of a sudden it's, you know, particularly if you look at Arsenal last week, it's Emery out and at this point you start to wonder sometimes the players have to step up and take responsibility I know Seamus Coleman spoke about it before I think when Coleman left where he's like the players always just get a free ride but maybe there is an issue there that like if Emery isn't showing especially when he's changing tactics now all the time that that thing that he's definitely regarded as being great for is that people are starting to lose belief in that then you know if he's not that kind of armour in the shoulder person or not a great yeah. dealing with players no, there is an issue he does seem to be sort of the one trick pony it's you know, he's very organised, very solid, and he seems to be, yeah, he seems to be changing it a bit. You know, when they organise and solid side there, you know, it's gone under him, what does he have left? Um, listen, it's a bit of everything. Your players get plenty of stick. Jeez, when I was at Wolves with James Banks, James Banks were five times in a year and a half. Um, and we got plenty of stick. The managers got it as well, and it was a bit of was both, you know, where with some managers weren't good and players weren't good. and you both get sick and you both move on. At the end of the day, I suppose, if a manager's there a couple of years, you know, if it's six months or whatever, it can't be the manager's fault. But if it's a couple of years, he's had a chance to sign players, uh, get his own way about about the system, the team, whatever, get his own people in there, he's not working after a couple of years, well then, you know, it's the manager's fault. He'd sign the players. I suppose if you have director of football and he can come out and, and the manager can come out and say, well, I didn't sign the players, well then, it's a different situation. But, um, you know, it's... It's a bit, a bit of both. I, you know, when the players come out and say that, Seamus will come out and say, we have to stand up. That is just what players will say. You know, you're programmed to say that in interviews. Seamus mightn't believe that, but he's just a good professional and he'll come out and say that, that we need to take some of the blame. Behind the scenes, he might be saying this manager's crap. You know, we need someone else. But he just, you know, I said the same myself plenty of times. You just, you, you, you don't say anything else in interviews, to be honest. I have to say, uh, I was surprised to get through Monday without one of those going, and you could even look around. You could prob- possibly yeah. add salt share to that as well. Like I would, yeah. You know, at this, you don't want to be too rash in sacking managers. You could throw Pellegrini in there with West Ham as well. But like, you get to the stage where in November, if you don't kind of make a change soon, it's going to be very hard for a manager to make an impact. This is kind of the time to do it if you're going to do it at all, isn't it? 
Yeah, I'm surprised they survived this week. Uh, there was a manager, you know, I thought he was actually gone while for what I was reading. Yeah, and then reading who they've got to play in the next week or two, it was more, they're saying they don't want to put a new manager in there and, and have to, you know, play Liverpool and, and start mm-hmm. off on a, on a bad that side of it comes into it as well. You know, the Man United and Solskjaer want, like, Pochettino is sitting there now, free. We're talking about Man United having to pay 20 or 30 million to get him a month ago if they wanted to get someone like Pochettino who I think would make an impact there. And now he's free. If I was at Woodward, you know, sorry, um, I don't this thing is great, been fantastic servant to Man United, um, really nice guy, but listen, we got someone better waiting here. Um, someone who can get more out of players and the and to some other parts you know he got to burst through Champions League final. I speak to you about this week in week out I think he would be a fantastic appointment for me. I'd, I'd give him the job now and take away on holiday um, you know he's had a stressful few years go have a break come back to the first go look at games go look at players you might want to sign it's all about next season or this season this and one of you know being the top half we're probably not going to make the Champions League but go see go get it right this time Man United not just put someone in and sign a lot of players all of a sudden give him free reign to go out and, and tour the world or whatever and see and refresh themselves and be ready to go next season with his list of players that he gives him that he wants to sign and you know ready to do it right but uh, you know, it's probably not going to be the case but if I was in charge that's what I'd do and I would be straight away on the phone and maybe they are on the phone to him and trying to get ideas together I don't see I don't see him being on the market too long if he wants the job he'll get it Yeah exactly it was a weird one where by United coming back and going ahead in that game Nearly for some United fans, yeah. it was kind of almost oh, the worst like, case scenario. I don't know you watching it live. Yeah. The minute I saw the, oh, I can't think of his name, the centre half coming on, I was like, "Fact, it was." Man United Conzaghi. a couple of years ago. Alex Ferguson wouldn't have bring bringing on a centre half against Sheffield United when they're down three two up Boston. The game all of a sudden, Sheffield United out on their feet. No, nothing, nothing coming out of Sheffield United, and then United bring on a centre half and try, you know, to shore it up. When did Man United do that when they were a good team against Sheffield United? Fair enough, they're playing Barcelona. Playing Sheffield United, you're winning three two all over them. Everyone's full of confidence, and then you bring on a centre half, like, and you could say, I said it. I'm sitting there watching the other side go through and concede now. You know, it's just it's just a negative thing to do. Uh, might seem as clever or the thing to do is bring on a centre half here, but it's not when you're when you're Man United v Sheffield United. And you think, come on, go for it. win four two or five two and doing a bit of style. But it just shows where they are at the moment, and I suppose the the lack of confidence that mm. Oscar has maybe in his team that they were, you know, we're going free to up Jesus, we need to hold on to this, be desperate about it. But um, yeah, so as a Man United fan, I get a little bit more upset about it. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of you out there and a lot of people who are upset at the moment. Watching the Sheffield United side of that match though, like it's, it's not the first time this season, but I suppose a lot more people will have been watching them. But when you see the kind of damage that Enda Stevens is doing um, on on the pitch, basically, like, you know, he seems to be involved in everything to do. Do you see the the way David McGoldrick is playing? Uh, Callum Robinson coming on and setting up the equaliser. Like, there is an unbelievable kind of like heart uh, Irish heart to that team like it reminds me of yeah, kind of no. you guys at, at Reading when you came up like with yourself yeah, and, and, the, and Stephen and Shane you know yeah the way they play as well you know reminds me a bit like that no fear going out and joining us you know conceding goals and scoring goals they're not just going out and sitting in and hoping to make a 1-0 win when I was a uh, few goals and we went about it that way and we were we were good at it we set up for a goal about it that way when I was at Reading we did it a different way we played the premiership like we did in the championship we just went for it played 4-4-2 and just went all over we conceded plenty but we scored plenty mm. it was a lot of fun playing it. Um, and Sheffield United seems to be the same players are full of confidence um, just enjoying it. 
I suppose there was not really there was pressure, of course, pressure, but they were probably favourites to go down at the start of the season. You know, um, no one expected them to do well, and they can they can sort of listen. They would have themselves had pressure on themselves. They would have been the manager would have been putting them under pressure, but from an outside side uh, pressure, they would have nearly went against free. Um, try and try it, try to play well, and they haven't gone and just parked the bus, which which from a neutral watch is is good to see. Uh, they're playing Sheffield United are playing actually playing Wolves this weekend and uh, Wolves were those we, when we spoke about them earlier on in the season you know they'd had a couple of bad results there was that kind of yeah. European hangover and now all of a sudden they're fifth like they're really kicked on quietly and are and there's kind of it seems to be a gap now you've kind of got your Liverpool and then Leicester City Man City and Chelsea yeah. on their own and then everybody else but Wolves are leading that pack with Sheffield United just behind them I know funny they started to see with a little bit more form they started very poorly and uh, and then it's, it's great like that's so open you know with Man United and Arsenal struggling Tottenham struggling that Wolves can go in and see you know we can stick it to that maybe a good season sneaking to that fourth spot you know it's, it's, it's a lot more even than it was because I suppose financially Wolves Wolves when I was there 10 years ago you know we, we wouldn't have been competing with signings with the teams in the top half of the, the table now you know I suppose even if Spurs were trying to sign someone and Wolves were trying to sign someone, Wolves would have as much financial success, more probably financial success than Spurs now to go out and get players. Um, you know, so they're, they're, they're supposed to play in a different market. Um, and, it, you know, now that they're in that position, it'll be easier again to sign if they have the money to sign players. Players want to go there to see the way they play, the players they have signed. Jorge Mendes helps, obviously, to get top players in, uh, probably the biggest agent in the world. So, um, you know, him doing the dealings for them, worried what way that would work out, you know. It was, I suppose people were hearing that he was just going to have total control of the club but um, if he does it's, if he does it's worked out well for yeah. him some of the players have got in and the way they're playing as well and the manager um, from what I hear I've spoke to Matt Doherty about before he's a really good guy players love him love playing for him um, I suppose when you're, when you're doing well it's easy to say that but um, no they're a team obviously I watched them closely in next world's player but I think a lot of neutrals uh, would be their second team um the way they play at the moment and fantastic place to play Molyneux rocking when things were going, not going well they were still full and rocking and um, down in League 1 it was full and, um, they deserve they deserve this um, they put them up over the last 20 or 30 years Wolves fans um, now they'll be uh, enjoying being in that 5th and 6th spot at the moment Definitely really enjoyable to watch as well. I want to ask you something as well, just off the back of last night, I was thinking about it, the PSG Real Madrid game. I know you referenced it in the studio. Yeah. You're a man from GA background. You're, you know all about lads going out, you know, cornerbacks, fullbacks, trying to get in the player's ear and rile them up throughout the game and all the mind games. Football seems to have gone the complete opposite direction. The lads in the tunnel before the PSG and Real Madrid oh, game, they just stopped short of uh, getting into bed with each other. You had, uh, oh, it was a loving. It was uh, the, yeah. was that I can't I don't remember that being the case when you were no. playing like it, it seems to have gone the opposite direction completely. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Listen, you'd know a player too, and you'd listen, quick nod, quick shake, hand me or hello, and you'd I'd speak to you after, and that'd be it. You know, would never be a high five and a laugh. I don't know why they did. They a big metal fence they had in the tunnel. Stop them stripping off, probably. <laughs> <laughs> It was yeah, it was embarrassing, and we commented on it in the studio. I think commentary. It was it was um, it was like you're going out for a testimonial game. Um, listen, I don't know. You can look at it. 
it's not life or death and they're just saying hello to each other but you'd want, my personal feeling was like going out I'm trying to get angry in the tunnel you know I'm trying to make myself motivated I want, to, I want to not like the people I'm playing against even if I do I know I'm playing against Shane Long or, or Hunty over the years who I've done really well and you know, speaking to during the week before the game or whatever when we were playing them, but in the tunnel it'd be just a quick nod and that'd be it you'd be out there and you wouldn't you wouldn't um, have any community. We'd probably fall out with each other on the pitch, actually. Um, but you wouldn't be having that sort of thing. But, listen, you're the top players in the world. Um, maybe they know better. They know better than me, I suppose. They're the ones getting to Champions League finals and learning resilience every week. So um, it doesn't seem to affect them, I suppose. If you look at it that way, maybe they're the clever ones and we're the stupid yeah. ones for getting yeah. so uh, tight about it. Um, maybe yeah, a little bit Maybe it's the GA background since you coming out, but I don't know. Neymar, you know, the first thing Neymar did when he came on at half time before the tip off was went over and told a joke to Kareem Benzema. So, uh, you know. He was embarrassing, actually. Neymar, when he came on, Neymar, when he came on, uh, you know, he was just strolling around the place, giving zero fucks. Um, you know, and that's that I was talking about it in there. I don't know if we mentioned that when we were off or live on air, but we we're like, that's probably the reason PSG won't or haven't. Gone further in the Champions yeah, League. Yeah. The likes of that there. Neymar is a top, top player. He was, he should be coming on there. Like the difference between him and um, some of the, the Madrid players. I know it was a two-all draw, and when when uh, PSG got a goal or two, Neymar came alive. But uh, like the difference in work rate and in, in energy. Madrid have world-class players, but they were all working hard last night. He came on and just it was embarrassing to to see someone of his ability come on and and just jog around like he did. Um, you know, it was, get it off my chest. It was annoying me at the time. Speak <laughs> to you, but he was. Uh, you know, I, you watch it, and he's he's a hero. My six-year-old, I have a book, a Neymar story of him growing up and all that. Yeah. And then I see him coming on, my son's watching. Like that's not how, it's not how a top player uh, performs on the pitch. Like look at Benzema last night, man the match, probably two goals, and he did not stop running for the. He'd just be. He'd worry about Neymar in the future and um, mm. the way he played last night. Is he going to be long-term, going to be at the top? I don't know. Hard to see. Um, and if he, if he does like that, I don't know. He come out next week and score a hat-trick and shut me up. But uh, I'd just like to see him come on last night and be running around and trying to, trying to win the game. Exactly. Um, before we let you go, yeah, last weekend you predicted a Sheffield United um, draw with Man United. That was a great uh, prediction. We've got to get one for you for this week. It's harder. There are a lot of weeks. There are a lot of games where people are kind of of an equal... Footing. There's no massive game this weekend, but has anything caught your eye? Um, Man United Aston Villa. Um, it is this weekend. Man United Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sunday. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Aston Villa blow hot and cold. We really don't get Newcastle. I suppose. Um, I I was doing a doing a leg book Sunday earlier, and I put that in as a draw. So. Um, United okay. are so low at the moment. Um, I'm going to go for a score draw in that game. That's uh, 16 to five for the draw. We'll have a look and see what what the, uh, what the score draw is. But uh, 16 to five, pretty decent odds to build up on. I think I think Kevin, you've gone for a Man United draw for the last five weeks in a row, and I think oh, four yeah. of them have come true. So why why, <laughs> really? why jump off a winning? Why jump off a winning yeah. bet? It's not broken. Uh, it. It's sad. It's sad to be saying that. You know. Um, I'm a, I was a passionate Man United fan as a kid. I haven't been for that passionate since I started. When I started playing against them, I started to dislike them, to be honest with you. But <laughs> I've got more interest again since I've retired. And uh, it's just sad to be, to be saying that Man United are going to draw with Sheffield United and Villa at home. And I was even thinking that might be the case. Might be, but thinking that just that did, sums up. Did you, 
Did you score? You scored a penalty at the Majeski, I think, against United. Was that your first Premier League goal? It was the first year uh, you were up no, anyway, wasn't it? My, yeah, I was Premier League game, I think it was for me against Aston Villa, and I picked it up, um, and I dived. I did a knee slide thing in front of the fans. I was just, you know, so happy with me fucking first Premier League goal, and then there's a picture of me from behind with like. 20,000 people in that stand just calling me pointing at me <laughs> spitting at me uh, yeah I did that was Man United we drew one all Ronaldo scored equalizer. yeah there you and go happy days happy days is right yeah. uh, thanks yeah. very much for chatting to us Kevin chat no worries no, talk to you soon Great stuff there from Kevin. A score draw on Labrooks between Man United and Aston Villa is 21 to 5. Just look up both teams to score mm. and the match to end in a draw. I'll take that. I'll, I'd be happy. Villa need to get a, a tough run coming up after beating Newcastle. Away to Man United, away to uh, Chelsea, home to Leicester and away to Sheffield United. Here's a question for you that you wouldn't have said at the start of the season. Is this match on Sunday the easiest of those four fixtures? It sounds like it. You know, three away games in there. Home to Leicester's a bloody uh, impossible task as well. I think it might be, you know. Yeah. And so I think Villa need to get three points out of those four games somehow. Like so, a draw is essential on Sunday. And also, I touched on it there with Kevin about like if you're a United fan, you're almost like some of the United fans are going to be hoping nearly that they lose so that they can get Pochettino in as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because season's gone. Talking to Kevin about that goal, and I was like, I did get it wrong. It was a little bit later in the season than I thought it was, but I do remember him scoring, and it's funny that I've had it in my head since he's been kind of talking about being a United fan and how class a thing that must have been for him because Reading had just got promoted. It was his first season in the Premier League, and they went 1-0 up, and I was watching that match in... uh, I was away that year in Australia, and we'd try and get out on Sunday nights, maybe. You know, that was a kind of a night you'd go out and you'd end up in an Irish bar till all hours, and then just what what happened was I'd tend to just wander off and I, down the end of the pub and sort of watch sport on my own at two o'clock in the morning and I watched that whole game cheering on the two three Irish lads that were playing for Reading against Man United who like let's it's so funny to think of like you know a team coming up from the championship and watching Sheffield United on like last week and you're like you're used to United being under the cosh or being kind of like hit from home Reading going 1-0 up with an Irish goal scorer against Manchester United back then in 2005 was a big bloody deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was only one year. They hadn't won the title in two years, but they were always still a serious contender. It was the Ferguson era. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just must have been a cool moment for Kevin. Like. Definitely. That Reading team were great. Like, it was... It great was, to watch, as he said Reading there, and so, Wigan yeah. kind of came to prominence around the same time. And they were both, like... I think of Pascal Chimbonda, Nicky Shorey, Leighton Baines, all at marauding fullbacks. You had Jimmy Jimmy or Jim, uh, Jimmy Bullard. You had yeah. there were so many players that just came out of no, as a when I was you wouldn't have been paying too much attention to the championship uh, as a youngster. These lads just come out of nowhere. Like who the hell are all these? On the spot quiz, there was two strikers that played up front for Kevin in that era with with Kevin. So he was always yeah. in there. Who were the two lads that were in and out of the team? Dave Kitson. Yes, he's one. Uh, Oh. Great name. Oh, this is really annoying because I'm getting yeah. confused now between Wigan and Reading. <laughs> uh, he had a great name. Give me a clue. I, I can't. I don't know oh, how to give you a clue. Wasn't the man of Lualua? No. Kazinga Lualua? No. It was Leroy Lita. Oh, Leroy Lita! <laughs> I had the L's. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you did. I had the right, now that I think about it. The alliteration just not the right name. <laughs> 
There's another thing I want to talk about, though, in a more serious note from that chat. You know, you like, and you were talking about this this morning. I thought you were going to blow a gasket. You'd actually calm down by the time you were talking to Kevin about it, about the messing going on in the PSG Real Madrid game last night, you know. But I think there's a way to do that as well. There's a way to be a good sportsman while also taking your uh, vocation seriously and yeah. not looking like you don't give a shit. You know, and I think if you watched the Munster and Racing game on Saturday night, like Dunnick Ryan and Simon Zebo coming back to Munster, it's their actual home, their spiritual home, everything else, a, a crowd of 25,000 people who absolutely idolise the two of them, you know? What did they do? They didn't, they weren't all chats before the game. Remember? They came out and they were absolute dogs on the pitch. Like Dunnick Ryan was complaining to the referee for the whole game about cynical Munster play and everything, you know? Like he never shut up. The crowd played their part. They were booing the two of them, especially Zebo, who's an easy guy to boo, you know? You do realise when he's on the other team that he's easy guy to boo the Sebo reaction to the Troy as well from yeah. Ben Russell where he's like what the, you're like oh <laughs> <laughs> like, there was another moment where Zebo hit a beautiful crossfield pass that the whole crowd shouted for forward and the, because the crowd shouted for it, the referee gave it and it wasn't anywhere near forward and Zebo just had this look in his face anyway not to get too deep into the rugby but like those two boys came down and like were all out again Th- those boys those 23 Munster lads that they played many of whom they're best friends with were their enemy for eight minutes but then after the match of course they weren't they were great friends and you've seen the picture of Zebo and, and Murray swapping jerseys and everything like that done the crying going around to the crowd and to all the players and everything like that. that's the way you do it yeah do you know you'd be a professional and not even be a professional you'd be a sports person that's how you do it you're supposed to want blood a little bit during the game you know it's just you just think of it you, you, you see those two contrasts and especially the Neymar thing and you think one of these groups are up for it and the other aren't you yeah. know definitely it's like the Hardy boys in the Attitude Era, as Jim Ross used to say, great tag team. But when they went against each other, they used to love it. They'd love to go, go hammer and tongs at each other and then be best of friends or brothers after it. <laughs> but anyway, it's time wow. to go on to our one, two, three picks for this week. It's your chance to win 100 euro cash on labrooks.com by playing the one, two, three game where you can uh, you can play for absolutely free. All you have to do is cor- correctly predict. When I say all you have to do, it's a tough task. But if I haven't you haven't done it yet, yeah, correctly predict the results of three this weekend's football matches that they have picked out. This week's ties are Southampton against Watford, Norwich against Arsenal, and Leicester City against Everton. If you can get one right, you win a euro free bet. If you can get two right, you'll win a five euro free bet. If you get all three, you win 100 euro cash. And Mick, 40% of players won a prize last week. And I was one of them. Including me and you. Yep. We both got 2-1 in I, the Chelsea uh, City game. Yeah, and I actually had all the results right. Drawing uh, Man so United against yep. Sheffield United. Or Man United against Sheffield United. I can't remember the other game. What was it again? Rangers and Hamilton. Rangers and Hamilton. I had Rangers 3-0. They won 3-1. Oh, I had 5-0 in that game. I was on yeah. that. But... Uh, but got all three results right yeah. and got the score right in City and City. So actually, John, you know it was higher than forty percent last week. So forty percent is actually a low number by by the stats that we have. And I don't think either of us had got it the week before in the international. Yeah. So it just shows you you'll always have a chance. Exactly. And my free your free bet is going straight on my big shout later on. I'm going to is tell it? you all about it. I'm going we'll, to turn that into thirty euro. Okay, but, I'm I'm interested to hear it, but we'll have to do this first. But before. Uh, we actually get the picks. I will just say the best thing you can do. There's no, usually a TV game, so there's like the Saturday evening Sky Sports game, and then the two games on the, on the Sunday. It's not always that way. It usually is when you win on the Saturday night. 
it is the best. Yeah. You're, you've convinced yourself you're going to win 100 quid because yeah. like, oh, hold on. I, you know, these, that was the hardest result of the three. You'll definitely, at some stage, you'll convince yourself of that. I definitely know more about Rangers against Hamilton <laughs> than I do <laughs> Chelsea and Man, Man City. But anyway, so it happened against Watford this weekend. Uh, again, one of these that both teams could lose this. I don't say both teams, <laughs> as in both of them actually lose. No, either could lose it. Yeah. Like, it's funny. I was watching Southampton uh, against Arsenal and was saying, like, you know, obviously it's all about Arsenal, blah, blah, blah. But I kind of, there was a point until about Tuesday I'd forgotten that this is the same Southampton team that lost 9 0 to Leicester only a few weeks ago. It's like, I, it's like they've, I've written that off as part of their story, how bad they actually were in that. They have got it together a little bit and they've got. You know, the Leicester game was actually a bit of a an outlier. Was They're it? Not yeah. that, like they've been playing okay. It's yeah, that they've game had they some were absolutely yeah. As well, though, yeah. But the, you know, they're not as bad as it maybe they were this time last year or whatever. They had twenty one shots against Arsenal. Yeah. Outrageous. And Gineppo should have scored a hat-trick in injury time, never mind the rest of the game. <laughs> well, so, that, that's why I'm going for them to win this week, because I think Watford Watford had a little bit of a rally, and like they finally won their first game. And for them to go out and kind of lose 3-0 at home to Burnley, you kind of just say, ah, oh, look, you know, this is a team that just isn't... They don't have yeah. it this year. They don't have, they're not up for it. They probably don't have the players. There's lots of things that are clearly going on there. I think for them to have a mini-rally, and then that's how they kind of end it, is sort of a bit pathetic. So I think Southampton are a team that will actually at least contend for getting out of trouble. I don't think Watford are. So as a home performance, I think Southampton are going to win this 2-0. I have 2-1 Southampton. Um, you pick 2-1 for every match. I do. <laughs> but anyway. So do I, in fairness. Norwich against Arsenal. This one, I don't know. I actually don't know. Like, Arsenal Can you be so picking well Arsenal to win matches? No, I don't think you can, especially away from home. But... And then I went two all, but I don't see Norwich scoring two goals. I can see them conceding two goals, though. I'm going to go... I don't see Arsenal not conceding two. I go two. one all between Norwich and Arsenal. Right. I am actually going to go for Arsenal to win, though. I'm going to go 3-2. 3-2? Yeah. Interesting. I don't think... I don't, I don't. I think this could be Emery's last game. But Leicester against Everton on Sunday. Another person who could be their last game, Marco Silva. Uh, as... Kevin said no, there is a possibility that he's only still in his job because I've been very cynical and don't want to bring in David Moyes or whoever for these tough games uh, Leicester very good they're not conceding goals they don't enjoy conceding goals so it's going to, I'm going to say 2-0 Leicester yeah that's a risky strategy by the way if that is the case because Everton are to one point off relegation like yeah. you can't be letting that slide into Christmas because you don't want to give your new yeah. manager a, a tough start like we're talking about Southampton like they're going to go on a run, I think, at some stage. I think Norwich have it in them, to be honest. I don't think they're dead and buried. I think Watford probably are. And then who are the other teams around them? West Ham? Do you see like no, do you West see Ham West Ham relegated. getting relegated? I don't. Do you see Everton get relegated? Of course you don't. Do you know what? I don't see Villa getting relegated. I, I might see Newcastle. I think Newcastle will go on bad runs. Yeah. I think Newcastle will get no points from 12 games or something like that, you know? But... It's not going to be easy. There's no. someone going to go yeah. that Crystal probably Palace is too big for it. Ran, like Crystal Palace quietly haven't won a game in about 10 years. At least the last five. They definitely haven't yeah. won in five. No, they're, yeah, they've gone from like fifth yeah. in the league all the way down yeah. to, yeah, 40. Anyway, I'm just saying that like, it's not going to, if Everton just kind of let things slide and say, ah, we'll be grand, we've too much talent, you get sucked into this very easily. And yeah. so, like, as a third of the season gone, it'll be half very quickly, you know? Yeah. Then Man United could get sucked into it, you never know. Well, we all hope, we all hope. Anyway, this is all delayed me making a, a prediction here, and there's a part of me that just feels like Everton might get a result, but I can't uh, pick it. it. You know, uh, 
in all reality so I'm going to go 3-1 to Leicester 3-1 Leicester well there you have it there are Labrooks 1-2-3 picks if you want to play yourself get on to labrooks.com right now you can play for absolutely free you can win yourself 100 euro free or 100 euro cash and if you're having any bets otherwise in the football this weekend be sure to gamble responsibly and you can visit dunlouis.net for more information do you know who's great who Jamie Vardy when you're playing with him on FIFA oh he's very good I got on the bandwagon that and everybody wanted that, that team card. Yeah, exactly. So I, I finally got it, and uh, my life has been transformed, Mark. Yeah, but he's good in real card. life too. Yep. It is time for the big shout. It's your chance to win two cakes and sports biography by correctly predicting a 25 to 1 or better odds on Labrooks. Big shout for the weekend. You don't even have to put a bet on. All you have to do is just send us an email, thegaffer at balls.ie, with your big shout for the weekend. And if it comes off, you, like Jeremy Murray did a couple of weeks ago, could win yourself two cakes and a sports biography of your choice. It can be any biography in the world as long as it's in our office. Um, <laughs> we do have about 50 of them though. Oh, I'd say at least. Yeah. We have enough. We, we've, I'd say the guts of 100 if we, uh, if we search long enough. Come here, tell yeah. me, have we given them them bloody cakes yet? No. Or the J- sports he's, he's coming in next week. He's going to pick them he up. He is? Yeah, we're going All to get right, a photo. Okay. We're going to we're, do the whole lot. We, we don't welch on our promises here. We're yeah. getting, we'll be yeah. down to Thunders to get a couple of cakes. Exactly. Be, uh, and if Thunders are listening, if you want to send them on to us <laughs> and send us on some complimentary cakes, we'd be very grateful. Uh, Mix, I see Mix now saying he's going down to Thunders to make them rather than his earlier, uh, his earlier, um, what would you, what, what did you say, commitment? Uh, yeah, uh, commitment, a wild of, promise, I yeah, think. His earlier probably, promise yeah. of uh, deciding that he was going to bake the cakes himself. I just don't want to poison, poison poor Jeremy. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not an accomplished baker. I'd love to be. We almost had another winner for a did second we? week in a row. Cairn O'Connor last week had a big shout. He sent in the odds from Labrooks. It was 28.12 to 1. A, a, a treble. A simple treble. A simple old a treble. A simple old treble. Burnley to win. Wolves to win. Yes. Sheffield United to win. Jesus. How Sheffield United 2 nil up. Yeah. Imagine, imagine you did your big shout. Oh, my God. Up and game. the other two matches played. Yep. Would you, would, you che- would you cash out? Well, you can't cash out of a big shout. No, that's the problem, yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. You can't renege on the email. Oh, hard. Go, What's his name? I'd take myself half a cake and a half a oh, That's what cake. I was going to say. I'd be nearly giving him one cake and a, a, and a few pay, and a, and a, and a, a, a Kindle preview. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was uh, Kieran O'Connor. So, Kieran, try again this week. Kieran, you can do it, buddy. Yeah, anybody that, else that as well. That doesn't sound like it should have been more than... You know, nearly 30 to 1. Sheffield United would have been outsiders for it. Yeah, um, at home though. And Wolves, who were Wolves playing? Wolves, one handy. Who did Wolves win? I can't, I can't remember now off the top of my head. But look at it. it the, the great thing about the big show is you can do it all again. All you have to do is email the gaffer balls at the Witcher predictions for the weekend. And if you get them right, you will win that coveted prize. And I am also going to go in that coveted prize this weekend because I am in charge of the big shout this week. And I've got a five-fold that's also coming in at 28 to 1. It's actually, it's almost 29 to 1. And Mick, I am full sure of it. I won the Euro free bet uh, from the one two free last week. I'm going to put that free bet onto this, going to turn it into 30 quid. Okay. Here you go. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Leeds United against Middlesbrough. Leeds to win. No, both teams to score. I'm going for a no in that market. Middlesbrough aren't going to score against Leeds. No, Leeds are 1 0 merchants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Leeds, Leeds against Middlesbrough, both teams to score no at 4 to 5. Newcastle at home to Man City in the early kickoff on Saturday. I'm looking at the both teams to score market again and I'm going for another big no in that. 7 to 10 because Newcastle aren't going to score against Man City. Do you like those? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yep. 
I, I would argue that if Newcastle played City five times in a row, one after the other, they wouldn't score against yep. them. Chelsea are playing West Ham. I'm going for Chelsea yeah. half time, Chelsea full time, five to six. Okay, right. I That's like the type of game that West Ham will just go out of nowhere and go and win, isn't it? No, I, I don't. Th- I'm doubting myself. I, I threw in Pellegrini at the last second when we were talking to Kevin a while ago about like managers under pressure, but I think he deserves to be more front and centre in the conversation. That team is collapsed. Yeah, but yeah, as you say, maybe it's that Stamford Bridge. I, I think uh, yeah. West Ham five Chet, six half time. Yeah, I like it. Wolves against Sheffield United on Sunday. Wolves coming off the back of a Europa League tie. Oh. Now Wolves have played eight games in the Premier League directly after a European tie this season. Out of the eight games, they've drawn five of them. Right, and um, so I'm going for a draw. <laughs> That's the first thing I said. Yeah. I don't know your bet. 11 to 5 for a draw. Sheffield United are a good team to draw. Yeah. 11 to 5, right? And then Leicester City at home to Everton. Leicester to win at 4 to 6. And that comes in at nearly 29 to 1. So Leicester just to win. Yep. Right, okay. Now, is that not as intriguing a big shout as you've heard in a long time? It's good. You haven't been very close with your big shouts, let's face it. This one. I fully endorse. Yeah, I haven't been very close, but I also have been doing, um, we were doing five-fold accumulators mm. um, with Labbrooks uh, down in the store. And you got a lot was, closer with them. Yeah, yeah. I got four out of five a few weeks now, and this is, this is kind of a similar thing, and it's a five-fold. So look, 20... There's years, a lot of things that can go wrong in it, but for the sake of, what's your odds? Almost 29 to 1, basically. For, for to the one. odds of 29 to 1, you take that, you take, you'd put your Euro free bet in it. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. If you have a prediction of your own, get in touch with us. Email the gaffer at balls.ie. Um, no, balls.ie. Oh my it's God, an it's an email address. It's the gaffer at balls.ie <laughs> and we're easy to find on social media as well. By Both myself it. and Mark or balls.ie. B-O-B, yeah. balls, D-O-T-I-E. <laughs> Christ almighty. Let's, Come here, before we leave the big show, I just want to also just, like you mentioned there, uh, Kieran's, is like, we have, since German won, we've actually had a good old upsurge in the uh, people entering. It is a bit of crack, like, you know what I mean? As, as Mark says, you don't actually have to put on a bet or anything like that, but you can win. It's a completely free bet to win two cakes of yeah, a sports biography. It's just a prediction. And we do enjoy going through them. It makes our weekends very complicated, though, because I'm sitting there with a list and looking at my phone halfway through matches going, did somebody have a bet on this? And confusing who has yeah. what on where. And um, I think I'm not going to check till Monday from now on. When the history books of the Build Up on Balls of the podcast are written uh, Jared Murray will go down as the Sir Roger Bar- Bannister of uh, this podcast <laughs> because I think his win in the big shout has given everybody yeah. belief <laughs> <laughs> Morris suggested we put a picture of him in the wall here in the, sh- in the podcast studio we'll take it when he comes in on Monday and I think we'll have to do we'll it we'll have to frame it to subscribe to the full build up podcast search the build up on balls.e on all good podcast apps